Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be previewing week 11 of the NFL season for both season-long and DFS purposes with a segment that we call Buy or Sell. If you have been listening to the podcast feed all week, you know that we are kind of expanding how many sports we cover. I've been having some college basketball episodes sprinkled in, in addition with the normal golf and college football episodes, so make sure you're listening to those. If you play daily fantasy sports, FanDuel, or DraftKings, I highly recommend trying out college football and college basketball. They are both under-researched. It's not like NFL or NBA where everybody's using optimizers and everybody's using premium websites. It's so it's a little bit easier to win. There's less public knowledge of the players, which means that all you got to do is listen to my podcast, get a few names, look at a few stats, and you will know more than 90% of the field in those contests. So I highly recommend giving it a shot. Check out the podcast feed. Yesterday, we had a college football episode. Tomorrow... I don't quite know what we're going to do, but I know it will be college football or college basketball. It depends on what DraftKings and FanDuel decide to do with releasing their pricing. But if you're here for NFL, you're in the right place because that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you want my full DFS lineups, make sure to head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And then also, if you want additional stats, facts, my core plays, all kinds of stuff, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll be more than happy to answer lineup suggestions, start sit suggestions, whatever you need, but I am available on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so enough talk. It is starting to get to crunch time in the fantasy season, week 11. Maybe you're trying to make a playoff push, maybe you're trying to secure a top seed, or maybe you're just waiting until next year. But either way, let's talk about what we got week 11. So we're hoping that week 11 goes a little bit better than week 10 did. On week 10, I was, admittedly, I was wrong on a few of these guys um, in week 10, but I'm going to play the process, not the result. So I know I'm not going to bat 1,000% on here, but, you know, I'm still playing the process. I've still got stats to back everything up, and just know that occasionally I might be wrong. And I'm going to mention a few guys in this segment that I was wrong on last week. So the first quarterback that is on my buy list, this is one I was not wrong on last week. That is Justin Fields. So Justin Fields has 40 fantasy points in back-to-back games. Now, here's an even better stat in case, you know, you need more encouragement to play Justin Fields. In the NFL regular season, there have been seven instances of a quarterback rushing over 140 yards in a game. Seven. Michael Vick had three of them. Justin Fields has two of them in back-to-back weeks. So we're talking about he has the potential to be one of the most prolific rushing quarterbacks of all time. Lamar Jackson's only done that once in his career. Justin Fields did it back-to-back weeks. Now, what also helps Justin Fields this week is Atlanta gives up 409 yards per game total, which is the second most in the league. So you're looking at the second-worst total defense going against a guy who is breaking all kinds of rushing records and gets a lot of fantasy points for doing it. Look out. It's another Justin Fields week this week. The second quarterback on the buy list. Look, we're just going to make it the Justins here. Justin Herbert. So, in my opinion, just watching the game based off the old eye test, Justin Herbert looked pretty good in the first half Sunday night, even though he was throwing to, like, a skeleton crew of receivers. When, you know, we got to the second half, the 49ers started making adjustments. Receivers were less open. Didn't look as good. But I think the arm talent's still there. I think the desire and want to is still there. And this week, I think we're looking at a combination of a few things that are going to make Justin Herbert really, really enticing again. 
Kansas City has surrendered seven quarterback one week so far. Now, when I say quarterback one, that means top 12 at their position in that week. They've, they've had that happen seven times to them, which is 77% of their games played. And Justin Herbert quite possibly gets Mike Williams and or Keenan Allen back this week. I think he's a different quarterback with those two receivers. So good matchup, getting his receivers back. I'm back on Justin Herbert this week. Third quarterback on the buy list. This is a guy I was wrong on last week, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, you're telling me you can't throw a touchdown against Detroit, but you want to show up the Dallas game and all of a sudden throw three touchdowns and score 20 fantasy points? I don't get it. But more on why that happened later. But like I said, first 20-point game this season for Aaron Rodgers. Tennessee is 29th against quarterbacks. And here's what's really impressive about last week's performance. He had 20 points on 20 attempts. So that is an insane amount of efficiency, one fantasy point per attempt. And also, it's his lowest number of attempts this season. The previous low was 25 attempts in week two. So you're looking at he was the most efficient quarterback in fantasy football last week, not named Justin Fields. And he has a matchup against Tennessee that's pretty good here on Thursday night. So I'm willing to go back to Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that last week was a flash in the pan. I completely lost all trust and all hope in Aaron Rodgers after his performance against Detroit, but I think I got a little bit back after doing it against one of the league's best defenses in Dallas. Last quarterback on the buy list is Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson, not been great so far this season. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. But the last time he played against Las Vegas, he had 27.5 fantasy points. Look, we've been playing quarterbacks against Las Vegas all year long. Last week, I advised playing Sam Ellinger against Las Vegas, and turns out Jeff Saturday was just going to bench Sam Ellinger and didn't tell anybody. And Matt Ryan still had a pretty good game against Vegas. So I think that Vegas is still the team that you want to play your quarterbacks against. I think Russell Wilson is a great streaming option if your quarterback's on a bye. I think he is a great option in daily because of that matchup. Can I get a less ride? Hopefully so. Now, the one quarterback that is on my sell list this week is Kyler Murray. This is more of a gut thing to me because this is starting to build a trend with Kyler Murray where you look at his game logs in 2019, 2020, 2021. Later on in the season, when he starts getting banged up or when Call of Duty comes out, depending on who you ask, he starts having these lesser performances and kind of starts fading into irrelevance in fantasy. And he's already starting with the injuries. Call of Duty just came out. And he's got a matchup this week where the 49ers give up the eighth least points to quarterbacks. So I just think that this is going to continue that trend of late season Kyler where he's not going to be as relevant in fantasy football because he's starting to get banged up because teams are, teams are starting to figure him out. And because of those injuries, he's not going to run as much. And that's really where a lot of his value is tied up into is being able to scramble to get yards and to scramble to create opportunities downfield. So just more of a gut thing. I don't really have a whole lot of stats to back it up other than his recent performances in the last three seasons. So that does it for the quarterback position this week. Let's switch on over and talk about some running backs. Looking at the running back position, the first running back that is on the buy list this week is Saquon Barkley. Yes, I know this is a little obvious, if you're playing him in season-long fantasy, duh, you're starting him. No brainer. Um, but I really like him in daily this week as well. Uh, if you look at last week, some would say that he underwhelmed against Houston's last-in-the-league rush defense. But 
not really when you look at it because he had 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. So 35 carries. Wow. They came out of the bye week and just said, we're going to hand it off to Saquon pretty much every down is what the Giants did. And if he's going to continue to get 35 carries, then he's going to continue to be one of the top running backs in fantasy week in and week out. And I think this is a very positive matchup for Detroit. So I like the usage. I like the matchup. Saquon Barkley, obviously you're starting him in season-long leagues. Play him in daily this week as well. The next running back that is on the buy list is Jonathan Taylor. So I think a confluence of two things significantly helped Jonathan Taylor this past week. The first is that they trade away Naheem Hines. And Naheem Hines was the Colts passing down back. He was taking away a lot of receiving work away from Jonathan Taylor. And the second is Jeff Saturday. Look, say what you want about the Colts hiring the guy. It was giving me serious Ted Lasso vibes. Like just kind of, you know, the guy being on the sideline just for emotional support more than X's and O's or anything. But he did a good job getting that team ready to play week 10 against Vegas. And the new offensive play calling featured Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor played 94% of the snaps at running back this past week. So what's not to like about that? A guy that was previously seeing usage in like the 60s and 70s for percentage is now going to be in the 90s. And he also looked pretty darn effective in with that 90% snap count as well. So I'm back on the train with Jonathan Taylor. I think that if you drafted him number one overall this offseason and you're still alive in your fantasy league, you got to be feeling pretty good about where Jonathan Taylor's at right now. Next running back on the buy list is David Montgomery. So this isn't an actual liking of David Montgomery's game or usage, but Khalil Herbert's out. And that had been pretty much a two-man committee while both of them were active. And if you look at the total season, if you were to make David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert into one back, David Herbert, then he would average 20.7 fantasy points per game. That's pretty stout. That's going to pay off his salary in daily fantasy. That's worth a start very easily in season-long fantasy. Now, obviously, David Montgomery's not going to get 100% of snaps. I think we see a little bit of Tristan Ebner in this one as well. But if you just give him 80% of the snaps of that 20 fantasy points per game, that's 16 points, and you're happy with that at David Montgomery. Now, also, what helps is Atlanta, pretty susceptible to the run and the pass, but Atlanta gives up 1.3 more points, more than average, than any other NFL team to running backs. Let me, let me phrase that a little bit better. Compared to the average, Atlanta gives up 1.3 more points to running backs on a game-by-game -game basis. So I definitely think that Dave Montgomery in a very good spot to see his usage climb this week and in a very good spot with the matchup against Atlanta. Now, the last two I'm going to kind of combine in one because they're in similar situations. They are rookies who have increasing usage and great matchups. The first is Brian Robinson Jr. So Brian Robinson Jr. of the Commanders, 26 carries on Monday night against Philly who's a pretty stout run defense. And this week, he gets to play Houston, who is 32nd in the league against running backs. Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs had 16 carries against the Jaguars, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it led the team pretty significantly. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did not touch the football in this game, which I also think is pretty significant. And he has a matchup against the Chargers, who are 31st in the league against running backs, and who we have been pretty much playing running backs against all season long, and it's been paying dividends for us. So, Brian Robinson Jr., Isaiah Pacheco, add them on your roster in season-long leagues. They need to be rostered. And in daily, I think they're great options this week. So the sell list for running backs, a little bit 
thin this week at running back. Um, so there's not a whole lot of big names that are going to be on the sell list. The first one, though, is Joe Mixon. So, yes, he exploded against Carolina, but I think that was a flash in the pan, for lack of a better way of saying it, more than uh, a trend that's going to continue in this direction. So if you look at the course of the season, Joe Mixon only has three games this season where he averaged over four yards per carry. That's bad. Part of that's on him. Part of that's on the offensive line. And if you can't average four yards a carry, you're not going to continually get the ball as much as you know you can because why well, give it to a guy who's just going to give me three yards? And against Pittsburgh week one, he only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. What's significant about that is all the Pittsburgh stats from week two to week 10 or week nine, I guess, throw them out the window because they didn't have T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's a difference maker. He showed up last Sunday and immediately helped that defense look significantly better in that win against the Saints. And he's back now against the Bengals. So I don't see any reason to suspect Joe Mixon is going to turn that around. Now, obviously, he could have another five-touchdown performance, and I could look really dumb, but I'm just not feeling it. I'm, I'm not on Joe Mixon this week. For the last part of the running back sell list, no real big names, but I just want to sell entire running back rooms. So these are three teams that I can't figure out their usage of their running backs or the health of their running backs, and I just don't want any part of them, and I'm avoiding these three situations entirely if I have an option to, and that is Atlanta, who when Cordero Patterson came back, we thought he was going to be the guy again. And against Carolina Thursday night, he really wasn't. They were still using Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, you know, as well. So you got a three-headed monster there. And I want no part of it because Marcus Mariota is going to get some touches also. Next one is Detroit. Look, we just don't know what the health of DeAndre Swift is. Clearly the guy's not healthy if he's only going to play 17 snaps in a game. So I just, I don't know. Again, I want no part of it. Last one is Denver. The injury to Javante Williams really messed Denver up. Um, yes, they traded for Chase Edmonds, but it also looks like they don't really know what they're doing with Chase Edmonds. You still got Mike Boone out there. You still got Latavius Murray out there. You still got Melvin Gordon out there. And I just, ugh, I don't want any of them. Like, it's just ugly. Like, I don't think you can rely on any of them to be a significant scorer in fantasy football right now. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's now switch on over and talk about receivers. The wide receiver position is honestly really deep this week. I think there's a lot of solid options, especially with some values further down the board that are probably on your waiver wire or definitely can go to for some salary relief and daily. But the first one I'm going to start off this buy list is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb had 15 targets last week against a pretty good defense in Green Bay, and he's also gotten seven targets in every game. That is just kind of a ridiculously consistent target share for C.D. Lamb. you got to feel pretty good about where he's at if you have him on your roster. And what's really more important to me is if you look at the three Dak Prescott starts, aside from week one, he had 10 against Detroit, 18, and then 41 against Green Bay. He is clearly Dak Prescott's guy. He's going to continue to see a massive target share. Trust that that production from last week is going to continue. Second receiver on the buy list is Kadarius Toney, newly of the Kansas City Chiefs. So here's what's impressive about Kadarius Toney. It was like his second game with the Chiefs against uh, the Jaguars. And he played 44% of the snaps, which is, eh, not the best, not the worst. For a guy who's just now acquired, that's not bad, honestly. And when he was in the game, he was targeted on 29% of his routes. 
So if you're telling me that Kadarius Toney is going to become a full-time player and he's going to get a target on 29% of the routes he runs, a 29% target share, uh, sign me up immediately for a 29% target share in Kansas City. He's only going to continue to see more snaps. He's only going to continue to get more routes. And I just really, really like the upside of Kadarius Toney being there in Kansas City. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster may end up missing this game Sunday night. So I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS, is also an option as well. Um, but I really, really like Kadarius Tony because when he's in the game, they're throwing to him. Next up on the buy list is Christian Watson. And look, Green Bay's passing offense. I mentioned earlier how much of an enigma they were. Well, they didn't look good for the first nine weeks of the season. And what they did in week 10 was they finally said, look, we got a guy out there that is more talented physically than anybody else on the field. So why not throw to him? I mean, it's very high school-like, very you know, simplistic way to look at it. But Christian Watson's the most talented guy on the field every field he steps on. You know, I believe he was in above the 90th percentile in terms of overall athleticism at the combine, but he's really big, really fast, really physical. You know, he's agile. And like, just why not use that guy? And they finally started using him last week at Dallas and he got three touchdowns. And so I think that trend is going to continue. The only difference in the Green Bay passing game from the crappy performances week one to week nine and week 10 was their usage of Christian Watson. So why not let that continue against a worse defense in Tennessee? I really think Christian Watson is going to be a solid player for the rest of the season. The last receiver on the buy list, I had six or seven names that I really could have gone to, but the last one on the buy list is Allen Robinson. Much like I said about Jonathan Taylor, if you drafted Allen Robinson and you have hung on this long to him, you got to feel pretty good about where he's at because of the Cooper Cup injury. Obviously, we never like to see anybody get injured, but if you're an Allen Robinson owner, you got to like that Cooper Cup's 35% target share. It's got to go somewhere. So if some of it, not even all 35 of it, if some of it goes down Robinson, you've got to figure that's going to lead to increased production on his part. To finish it off for the buy list, there are a few more names that I want to just mention. Not going to do a full deep dive on them, but there's a lot of guys that I like this week and could have picked, and these guys just miss making the cut, and that is Darnell Mooney. It is LaVisca Chenault, and it is Garrett Wilson. Those three guys were very close to making my buy list, but uh, I do like them, especially in daily this week, and I think that there are definitely options in season long as well. All right, let's switch on over to the sell list for the wide receivers, and I have two pretty big names. So the first one is Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper, believe it or not, last week did not come through for us. And I looked at this stat afterwards, and I was like, wow, I should have seen that coming. So Amari Cooper, believe it or not, since 2018 when he started playing in Dallas, averages 82 yards per game at home and averages 52 yards per game away from home. That is staggering. Like like a pretty much a 37% difference between home and away. That's wild. I mean, I guess he really likes sleeping in his own bed or something because I don't know how you can explain this, but 30-yard difference between home splits and away splits. And guess what? Cleveland is at Buffalo this week. And if you needed more evidence, there's supposed to be a driving snowstorm and it's going to be like three feet of snow in Buffalo. It's going to be dang near impossible to throw the football on Sunday in Buffalo. So I'm trying to stay away from Amari Cooper. If you have him in season long, you might be stuck starting him. But if you just avoid him in daily, and if you can find a replacement, do so. The last receiver on the sell list is Debo Samuel. And look, I just, 
I'm very concerned about Debo. I think that Christian McCaffrey being there is cutting into his usage a little bit. And I also think that he's not 100% healthy. So why would I play a guy whose usage is going down? He isn't 100% healthy. And it's not the best matchup in the world with the Cardinals. And if you look at Debo's game log, he hasn't hit double-digit fantasy points since week six. That's pretty concerning for a guy who was a second-round pick in most season-long leagues. So just not feeling Debo Samuel this week. I am staying away. All right, that does it for the wide receiver position. Now let's talk some tight ends. So the tight end position this week is about as thin as it's ever been. And there are three that I am buying this week, though. The first one is TJ Hawkinson. So if you look at TJ Hawkinson, he's got 19 targets so far combined in his first two games in Minnesota, 10 and 9. I mean, if you're going to tell me he's going to continue to see 9.5 targets a game, sign me up for that. The tight end position is so thin right now that if you got a guy who's going to get these targets, play him every week, play him in daily. I really like the way things are going for TJ Hawkinson now that he's in Minnesota. Second tight end on the buy list is George Kittle. And I feel like I say this almost every week, but death, taxes, play your tight ends against the Cardinals. This week it is George Kittle. I think that he is in line for a very good week this week. And then last on the buy list is Cole Komet. So Cole Komet pretty much was written off for weeks one through eight of the season. And weeks nine and ten, he finally showed back up. He's got back-to-back 20-point games. And he is the only tight end this season with back-to-back two touchdown games. Now, one thing that I really like about this Bears offense is you can almost look at a clear divide in before the Washington game and after the Washington game. The coaching staff has been on record for saying that after the Washington game, they took a long look at their offense on the long week that they had from Thursday till next Sunday, and they redesigned their offense for a mobile quarterback, which is what Justin Fields is. So uh, it begs the question why they didn't do it sooner, but since the Washington game, Cole Komet's usage has gone up, his targets have gone up, the entire Bears offense has looked better, they've had more red zone opportunities, which gives Cole Komet the opportunity to score those touchdowns. So I think this is a good week for Cole Komet. Honestly, the sell list for tight ends this week, I don't have any. It's as thin of a position group as I have ever seen. And Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, who are two of the dependable names who are top five at the position, are out for an extended period of time. So if you've got a tight end that is a starter and has a pulse and is 100% healthy, you can roll with them this week. Like it's, it's just super thin. If you need more evidence as to how thin the position is, Taysom Hill, who has pretty much been a non-factor the last three games he's played, is still tight end six on the season. Yeah, that's where we're at with the tight end position right now. All right, y'all. So that does it for week 11, buy or sell. Hopefully I gave you guys enough names that you can maybe scrap off the waiver wire or play in daily fantasy or guys that you were starting anyway or needed to know whether you needed to start. Hopefully I gave you guys enough information that you can make your lineup decisions informed and intelligently. Make sure you pay attention to the podcast feed. I'm coming your way with other sports pretty much on a daily basis now. I've got the college football preview yesterday. Tomorrow will either be college football or college basketball. So make sure you stay tuned for those. Like I said earlier, Daily Fantasy College Sports is growing. It's fun. It's under-researched. It's underutilized. So take advantage of it. Listen to the pod. Give it a chance. I promise you'll enjoy it. All right. So that pretty much does it here this week. 
If you want my full DFS lineups, always head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks, and make sure you follow me on Twitter for additional facts and stats that I did not cover in the episode. All right, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully I'm going to help you guys win this week, and I will see you all next time.